Super Talk Mississippi media production. Have you been seriously injured? Mama Justice is here for you. Our medical team partners with top-notch doctors, surgeons, therapists, and urologists, ensuring a comprehensive recovery journey. If you've been injured, call Mama Justice today. We're here for you. What's up, everybody? How we doing on this Friday? Brian Andy, good morning. Good to see you. Glad you're with me. Sorry for being a little bit late. I just, quite frankly, lost track of time. So, hey, glad you guys are uh, are with me nonetheless. My name is Michael Borky. It is great to see you on a beautiful Friday morning. And as you guys know, usually, I, I know I skipped it last week, but usually on Friday we do the two questions things. So we're doing that today. Keys to a win. The two questions for Mississippi State and Auburn and Old Miss and Texas A&M. Good morning, Wayne. Glad to see you as well. If you're on Twitter, you want to be like uh, the Brown Yeti here or Wayne, and you want to comment, you can't do it on Twitter. So hop on over to YouTube. Find me on YouTube, Michael Borky. Subscribe there. Uh, you can be a part of the weekend recap show, which will not happen again. Will not happen on Saturday night. It will not happen tomorrow night. It'll be Sunday morning. It'll be Sunday morning, you know, 8 o'clock or so, uh, like the old radio show, basically. So uh, I won't be doing it late Saturday night. It will be Sunday morning. Uh, I'll be live with you guys recapping the weekend. So you don't want to miss that. Be a part of it. Find me on YouTube and, and subscribe to the YouTube channel. And actually like the video. That would help me a ton. And... um yeah, follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and wherever you get your podcasts. This also gets uploaded live as well. So you never miss a second of me babbling in the morning before I start radio show prep. It's uh, <laughs> it's quite a spectacle here. But anyway, I wanted to ask you guys, though. So th- these are huge games this weekend, right? Huge games. I mean, Ole Miss. I wanted to talk about this yesterday on the radio show, and, and we didn't get to it. But this is here's your Max Kellerman take of the day. If Lane Kiffin is who we think he is, it's time for him to start winning games like this. And here's what I mean by that. Uh, A lot of Ole Miss people think that Lane Kiffin is a guy that can bring like championship caliber teams to the school. Now, everybody has perspective. We know how hard it is to get there this in this state. But again, Mississippi State was ranked number one for three weeks back in 2014. They were an egg bowl away from making the college football playoff. Old Miss was a fourth and 25 away from going to the SEC championship against Florida, who had lost Will Greer because he was on roids. I mean, that could have been a playoff run as well. So it can be done here, obviously more difficult, but it, it certainly can be done. Games like this one, uh, I think, are a, a big indicator of if that is possible. Now, if they lose, does it mean it's impossible? No, of course not. I'm not going to be that guy. Uh, if they lose, is it impossible? No. But this is the kind of game that you need to start winning if you are going to bring that level of play to your program. Uh, last year, I think it was basically a free shot. And if you guys listen to me, I was consistent about both Old Miss and Mississippi State last year, calling it basically year zero. Uh, judging the win-loss record a year ago I thought would have been a bad practice, and some people did it. Not many, but some people did. And I tried to warn you ahead of time, 
last year was not going to go well. I mean, hell, Ole Miss was Ole Miss fans were through the roof about their team last year, and they went five and five. It, it, there were roster limitations, and then the COVID offseason ruined the implementation of their schemes and all that. Like last year was always going to go the way it did if you were being honest with yourself. And I know there's a lot of media around here that cannot be honest with themselves about their teams, but that's one thing, one of the few things I got right was last year, I told you it was not going to go well because there was just too much going on for it to be like seven win football teams last year. Too much going on. Uh, Just a lot of limitations there. But now it's a little bit different, right? Uh, Not totally. I mean, it's still just year two for both Lane Kiffin and Mike Leach, but for the sake of of this take, it's focused on Lane Kiffin. Um, Brian, they did win the bowl game, though. So, you know, five and five. They played ten games. They won five. What, you know, splitting hairs. It doesn't matter. Either way, I mean, everybody was through the roof about the season, and yet in the regular season, they had a losing record. So point still stands. Um, but if they are healthy, and that's that's a caveat, if they are healthy with a Heisman contending quarterback and all that stuff, these are the kind of games that you, you have to win. Um, there were people that said he coached himself out of the Alabama game. I think they were losing regardless. Um, there were questionable decisions in the Auburn game with kicking field goals or not. They were really banged up that day and corralled especially was not 100%. I'm not excusing it, but at some point, though, these are the kind of games that you have to win. You have to start winning. Uh, Or else, if you can't win games like this often, then you're just going to be a fun product, but not a big-time winning product. You know what I mean? And again, this is not a make or break in that. I'm not saying that that they have to win or else it means that Kiffin's not winning championships. That's not what I'm saying. But these are the kind of games that you got to start winning if you're going to take that next step as a program. These are the kind of games you have to start winning. And so we'll see if uh, we'll see if they're able to. But these are huge games. I mean, State has a real opportunity here with Auburn going on the planes. It will not be a full stadium. Watch. It, it will not be a full stadium because that's a problem just everywhere right now. Uh, but it's a huge opportunity for State to get possibly ahead of, of schedule. They'll probably get back in the rankings if they win this game. And, and, you know, when you're playing somebody in your division, it always feels like a big game anyway. My question to you is, that was a long-winded way to ask a question. Do you get nervous? And how do you handle that as a fan? You know, like, what do you do? Do you get nervous before games? Um. Because I don't know, I guess I've trained myself to, to I just watch these games analytically. Like, I have no feelings whatsoever going into old Mr. State games. I just don't. I, because, you know, I sit down and, and I, I, I pretend it's work, right? That's what I tell people. I'm working, watching these games. I take notes and all that stuff. And, like, I, I try to look at it analytically. So, I, I you know, I, I'm able, or at least I think I am, able to remove emotions out of it. I would prefer everybody win. Like, Sunday morning, if State wins and then Ole Miss wins at night, uh, a lot of you are going to want to hear it. So I'd prefer they win, but I don't look at it that way. At least I don't think I do. How do you guys handle nerves? And are you nervous? Like, are you nervous right now? Ole Miss fans listening, are you nervous? And State fans listening, are you nervous? Because for some reason, I was already feeling it yesterday. I woke up this morning 
actually, truly, like, in my stomach nervous about the outcome of a freaking soccer game tonight. I mean, <laughs> what is wrong with me? Uh, I am truly actually nervous about uh, USA-Mexico tonight. And I'm not going to talk about it much, okay? So don't turn this off. But we do have, we're second in the World Cup qualifying group. We're in perfectly fine shape. Like, like all, all is well in terms of qualifying for the World Cup. Mexico's first in the group. We are second. We're in fine shape uh, to qualify. There's a lot of games left, but but we're in good shape, if that makes sense. But still, it's something about playing Mexico, who's like a point ahead of us in the group right now. In Cincinnati, tonight, it's a late kickoff. It's like 8-15 Central, too. But I am nervous as hell about this game for some reason. I don't know why, because like losing is not going to kill our chances at, at making the World Cup. We prefer to at least get a result and tie and stuff. But, like, guys, I am actually, like, pit of my stomach, like, nervous about this game tonight. And I don't know what to do because, I, like, I don't feel this way uh, about anything. I mean, the Pelicans don't give me a chance to feel this way at all. And the Saints right now are just kind of in purgatory. But what do you do? Sid says, not as nervous watching live as I do watching on TV. That makes a ton of sense, man. Truly. Uh, because when you're in the game, I guess you're, like, immersed in it. I don't know what to do. I'm going to spend the entire day nervous about this game. And i got to wait until after 8 o'clock tonight but before I can see them start playing. I don't think I'll sit down watching it. And I don't know what to do about it. So, Brown Yeti says, This late into the season with a bowl game pretty much a lock. Not so much, but last week we had a chance of a bigger bowl if we won. Yeah, that that, that Arkansas game... Okay. Some people don't like when you say things like this. And here I, like, earlier in the week, I argued that Michigan State should be ranked ahead of Michigan because at the end of the day, they did play each other on the field, right? And and the results have to matter. I think State's better than Arkansas. And I know they lost. Like, I, I get it. But I, I think that they are a better football team than that of Arkansas. It's marginal. It's it's close because everybody in that middle group of the SEC is all very close to each other. Uh, but I... I think they're better still. And so you're going to look back. I mean, people look back at the Memphis game and think, you know, the refs screwed us, but that game should have never been that close anyway. Um, the, the missed opportunities for State this year. Um, you're going to look back on this season, and there's going to be so much damn. You know, you're going to look at the schedule and think, God, we should be here instead of uh, where where you currently are. I mean, you should have beaten Memphis, let's be honest. The LSU game, if you don't rough a punter, you probably win that game too. Because like two plays later or the next play, they score a touchdown and they win that game close. You miss three field goals and lose by three in Fayetteville. I mean, State is just this close, this freaking close to being, what, eight and one? It's frustrating as hell. So I I hear you. But I don't know what to do with myself, guys. Like I, I, I am uncomfortable thinking about what's going to go down tonight. So uh, if you're feeling that way about Auburn or, or A&M, I'm with you. I, I'm feeling the same thing. And Pulisic's not going to start because he's coming off an injury, but I guess we can use him as a super sub. I don't know. I, I am nervous. Heck Mexico is what I'm saying today, just for today. Heck Mexico. God, we got to win this game. Got to win this game. Anyway, let's talk about the American football, huh? Two questions. I do it every Friday. You guys know the drill by now. Uh, Mississippi State will start with State and Auburn. They kick off first, so we're going to start with them. 
State absolutely has to do what if they want to win the game against Auburn on the Plains tomorrow, and State absolutely cannot do what if they want to win the game tomorrow. Miles says, try having to wait until 10.30 tonight to see number two Villanova play number four UCLA. I forgot you went to Villanova, man. That's, uh, oh, that's terrible. Not that you have to watch that game. I mean, that's going to be a hell of a basketball game. I'm excited, you know, for you as a as an alum to to watch that. But waiting until 10:30 to watch. Oh, so Nova's four, UCLA's two. Um, but having to wait until 10:30 tonight to watch that sounds miserable. I mean, miserable. I would take a nap if I were you. I'd get home from work today. Uh, you know, five o'clock, whatever, and take a nap, like just a good hour and a half nap or so. And, and then wake up and, and grab a beer and get ready for the game. That's terrible. That's worse. I, I feel bad for complaining now because that's way worse. But anyway, State absolutely must force Bo Nix to be the one that beats you. Uh, Tank Bigsby is Auburn's best player. And when you look at his usage rate, I don't think they use him well. Or, or enough, I should say. Auburn doesn't use him enough. I, I mean, he, what was it, 15 carries last week, and they're – the score doesn't reflect how close that game was for a while. That was a really close game uh, last week in College Station until it wasn't. You know, it became a 17-point game late. But Auburn does not use Tank Bigsby enough. I expect that to be different this week. He Since his 100-yard game at Penn State, he only has one other, and it's against Ole Miss. And they used him in that Ole Miss game. They ran a lot. Force Bo Nix to beat you. If he's the one that beats you, tip your hat, move on. Because I think for State right now, you feel good enough with your secondary to do a lot of man coverage, uh, put them, Emerson and Forbes basically on islands, and force Bo Nix to beat you. And if he beats you, then you just you had one of those days where Nix was really good, and those days don't come very often. He is... I mean, what is it with quarterbacks named Bo and being good one game and bad the next? Just kidding, Bo Wallace. I know that bothers him, and it should. But good Bo, bad Bo applies to Bo Nix. He's much better at home than he is on the road, uh, so that's something to keep an eye on. But I think with state secondary, you've got enough there to where you can really stack the box, shut down Bigsby, and say, Bo, beat us. We dare you. So, So that, to me, is the biggest thing. State needs to stack the box, stop tank, tank Bigsby, make him ineffective because when he is not, Auburn doesn't win games. When he is not effective, Auburn doesn't beat Ole Miss if Ole Miss is able to shut down Tank Bigsby, in my opinion. And they did in the second half, and Bo Nix struggled. Remember, if you look at Bo Nix's numbers against Ole Miss, you think, wow, had a hell of a day. No, he had a hell of a half. Uh, when Ole Miss was able to at least take the run away somewhat in the second half, Bo Nix was rendered ineffective so state absolutely must force Bo Nix to be the guy that beats you and not Tank Bigsby stack the box stop the run put Emerson and Forbes on islands run a lot of man coverage you know with one safety over the top whatever you do and stack the box and stop the run if you stack the box and stop the run um, you're going to win the game if Bigsby is not effective you are beating Auburn tomorrow and that's what you have to do so if Bo Nix beats you I mean, you know, tip your hat because I don't think he's capable of doing that consistently. Force him to be the guy. If Bigsby's running on you, then you're going to lose for uh, for sure. 
This is pretty pedestrian. This is pretty pedestrian. But Mississippi State absolutely cannot do the thing that costs them football games. Turnovers, penalties, bad special teams. I, I mean, their formula, the state is so close, like I said before. They are so close to being 8-1 and one if they just protect the football. They're, they're one of the most penalized teams in America. All three Mississippi's of Mississippi's Division I teams are ranked 125 or worse in penalties. All three of them, Southern Miss, Ole Miss, and Mississippi State, are in the bottom five in college football in penalties. State is that close to being 8-1. and one. If Rodgers protects the football, if you limit penalties and you're sharper on special teams, you will win this game. Look at Memphis. What happened in Memphis? Turnovers led to points for Memphis, special teams mistakes. What happened to, against LSU? Penalties led to more opportunities for LSU plus turnovers. Turnovers, penalties led to more opportunities for LSU. You lose the game. Arkansas, what happened? You missed three field goals. You had a bad turnover and untimely penalties. You had 10 of them. You lose the game by three. It's, it's a very pedestrian thought like, wow, thank you for your insight, Michael. You can't turn the football over. Yeah, you, you generally can't do that in games, but especially in a game like this where the margin for error is going to be very thin, the team that plays cleaner football is going to win the game, and you've seen it time and time again this season. You've seen it in nine games. When State plays cleaner, they win. With the exception of Alabama, that game wouldn't have mattered either way. Take Alabama out in the other eight games. When State played cleaner, they won. When they did not, they lost. It's really that simple. I don't think in this game they can overcome those kind of mistakes. That's what I'm talking about. Alabama can overcome mistakes. Georgia can overcome mistakes. State cannot. The, the margin is just too thin. You cannot have turnovers, penalties, missed field goals. You cannot overcome them in this game. I think State and Auburn are very evenly matched. And because of that, whoever plays cleaner is going to win. Bo Nix will turn the football over. If you get pressure, he'll turn it over. It's not like you're the only team uh, that turns the football over, but whoever plays cleaner here is going to win. Good morning, Garrett. Glad to see you. He says, uh, to your point on Bo Nix, Michael, I watched the replay of uh, Texas A&M Auburn last night. A 100% looks like a different quarterback we played. Yeah. It's, it's, it's amazing the difference between him at home and him on the road. And I know, you know, he didn't play well in the Georgia State game, but he's a different guy, man. He's, the, the guy that Ole Miss played is not the same guy that Texas A&M played. And I know, I know A&M's better defensively, but still, even things like decision-making, uh, accuracy, it's like he's a completely different player. It's pretty crazy. Brown Yeti says the SEC is a sandwich. One to three top-tier teams, eight to 12 even high B-tier teams, and one to three bad teams any given year. Especially this year, I think it's more apparent that it's Georgia on a tier of their own, and then a step down, and it's Alabama, because they are certainly human. And then a step down, and it's Ole Miss, State, Arkansas, Tennessee, Florida. Florida still belongs in there. I know they lost to South Carolina, but still, Florida belongs in there. Uh, Arkansas, I mean, shoot, guys. LSU beat Florida. LSU had Alabama on the ropes. LSU beat State, so they belong in there. It's That middle tier, I think, is bigger than it has been. We only really have two truly bad teams 
in the SEC, and that's Missouri and Vanderbilt. South Carolina has a bad roster, but they play hard as hell. I mean, they are completely bought in, and they play hard, and so they're not the easiest out uh, out there. Um, I think it's bigger than it's ever been. So there it is for State. Force Bo Nix to beat you. If he beats you, you tip your cap because he's not consistent enough. Do not let Tank Bigsby be the guy that beats you. And turnovers, penalties, and missed field goals. If you play clean, you're going to win. It's that simple. The cleanest team will win this game. It's really that simple. That's the formula for State. That's what it's been all year. When they play, when they are the cleaner team, they've won. When they are not, they've lost. It's that simple. Ole Miss and Texas A&M. College game day in town. I guess we'll find out today who the guest picker is. They announced that at some point. But um, apparently somebody told me that Morgan Freeman's filming a movie like in Germany or something. So it may not be him. Um, you know, probably Eli or something. Either way, so you, you'll have Corso and Herb Street and the Grove and all that. But in terms of the game itself, which, by the way, bundle up. Have you looked at the weather in Oxford? B- bundle up. It's going to be freezing. Like, in the low 40s at kickoff, and by the end of the game, it'll be in the 30s. So, uh, bundle up. Ole Miss, the biggest question in this one, before I even get to two questions, is how healthy are they? Uh, We had somebody, uh, a State fan, did not like on the radio show yesterday us talking about Ole Miss and injuries and um, said we were making excuses. Well, okay, if that's the the spin you want to put on it, but Ole Miss is um, not healthy or hasn't been healthy. And I guess it depends on if you think that there's a difference between excuse and a reason. If Ole Miss is without their three receivers, if if Braylon Sanders can't play much, if Drummond still can't give it a go, if Mingo's still on the sidelines and they're still banged up on the offensive line, they're, they're not winning this football game. They're not. We don't know. I mean, we jokingly broke down a practice video the other day uh, where – at least Drummond and Sanders were practicing, which is a good sign. But if Ole Miss is not healthy, they're not winning this game. I, I believe in Matt Corral. I think he can keep you in any game, including this one, without those guys. But I don't know if you're winning this one with how good AM is, especially in the front seven. I don't know if you're winning without those weapons in, in your arsenal. So before you even do these, it's how healthy are they? Are they still going to be playing their third-string guards on the offensive line? Is it still going to be John Rice Plumley and Jacor Pearson as your primary targets at wide receiver and not Dontario Drummond and Braylon Sanders? That's a, a, a big factor here in, in what you think. But for, for whatever it's worth, I'm going to do this assuming that Drummond and Sanders play. I don't know about Mingo. I mean, apparently he was just... Uh, recently cleared to like start, you know, practicing and playing again, like just recently. So he may not be ready yet, but this is operating under the assumption that those two guys are going to play because I think they are. They absolutely must protect Matt Corral. They've had troubles on the offensive line uh, with injuries and stuff, especially on the interior of uh, the offensive line. Uh, they got to get those guys back, but even if they're not, you have to protect Matt Corral. I don't expect Ole Miss to be able to run the football that well. I've seen and heard people say, well, if Ole Miss can get a lot on the running game, yeah, uh, sure. Uh, That would be great if they can establish the run and really run the football this game, but I I don't know if it's going to be something that they're great at considering how good A&M is in the front seven. Ole Miss has kind of struggled to run the football lately. I don't know how much they're going to use Corral in the running game, which has kind of been their X factor. The threat of him running 
has helped them a lot. And if they're still not really using him in that regard because of his ankle, um, then it'll be tough to do. So you have to protect him. He's got to have time to throw because that will be the determining factor to me. They're not going to run for 300 yards in this game like they did Arkansas, I don't think. They're going to have to win this game uh, on the back of Matt Corral throwing the football to those presumably healthy wide receivers. But he's got to have time to do it. And if you're not protecting him well, I don't know if his elusiveness in the pocket, which is elite level when healthy, by the way, he masked some issues on that offensive line early this season because of his escapability. He's really, his pocket presence is really good. Uh, when he's healthy. But you saw in the Liberty game, there were times where he got sacked, especially one in the second half where I thought a healthy him gets out of that. So you got to protect him and let him distribute the football because that's how they're winning this game to me, if they do, is Corral's got to have going to have to have a big day throwing the football. And you got to protect him because I don't know if his escapability is the same as it's been because of that leg. So protect him. You have to because that's how you're winning this game. You're going to have to do it through the air and what can Ole Miss absolutely not do is let Texas A&M stay on schedule. Zach Calzada is going to go down in history as a Steven Garcia, but using that comparison is a little disingenuous because Garcia was good in other games besides Alabama. Like he was good elsewhere. Um, Zach Calzada has not been. He's not been good really anywhere else besides playing like a superhuman against Alabama. Other than that, he's been quite bad, uh, frankly. He is not somebody that should scare Ole Miss at all. And this is going to be his first real road environment. If you remember, so he played a neutral site uh, at Jerry World against Arkansas and then played at Missouri where the stadium was half full. And that was like an early kickoff as well. Like nobody was there. Nobody cared. It wasn't a real environment. And I'm not going to try to fool you guys into saying that Vaught Hemingway is some kind of nasty place to go play. But this is his first real road environment that he'll ever play in as a quarterback. This is his first one ever in his life. So will that affect him? I don't know. But I do know he has not been effective outside of that Alabama game. So Ole Miss has to make sure that Texas A&M is not getting big runs on first and second down where they're dealing with second and three and four or two all game long, because if that's the case, they're just going to keep running it down your throat. Ole Miss has to sell out to stop the run. In my opinion, I know they're doing this three, two, five thing, but they have got to play close to the line of scrimmage and play downhill and make sure that Spiller and company cannot just stay on schedule with five, six, seven yard runs on first down and stuff like that. Because if you do that, you're losing this game. If same thing applies to Bo Nix, although Bo Nix is more talented than Calzada and is more effective than Calzada. Um, if he beats you, then you just shrug and put your hands up like, okay, he's not good and he had a good night. You have to sell out to stop the run here. If AM is getting five, six, seven yards per carry or whatever, you're going to get beat. So you have to sell out and stop the run, and if Calzada beats you, fine. But you can't allow Texas A&M to stay on schedule like that in this game or else it's going to be a really, really long night. It's a huge game uh, for the the noses for Ole Miss, the interior uh, defensive line in this 3-2-5 setup, or 3-2-5, 3-2-6. 
If only a three two five. That that would be uh, that would be a, a especially long night for Ole Miss if they only played ten guys. Um, but in this three two six, the interior whoever's playing knows in that rotation has to have a big night. Jacob Springer has to have a big night stepping up and stopping the run, and so does Otis Reese. Those guys have to be especially good in this game. I mean, everybody does. This is a good offense other than quarterback. It's a talented offense other than quarterback. So big night for them. Can't let them stay on schedule or else you're you're just going to get beat. It's really that simple. Morgan says, if we can establish a run game, we win. I believe that was uh, back when I was talking about State. Um, yeah, that, that will certainly help if they keep just showing that they will run. But I think still it comes down to Will Rogers protecting the football and penalties more so than anything else. Garrett says, I'm getting Bama feelings about this Texas A&M game. I'd feel much better if uh, Ole Miss had health on offense. What's everyone's guess at wide receiver health and who plays? Some people lately have shown more signs of optimism hoping that means they're getting guys back. It's just a practice video, Garrett. I don't know, but you did see Drummond and Sanders at practice. They were practicing this week, and so was Matt Corral, which is obviously a big deal because he did not last week. So presumably you're getting at least two of them back because those two guys were at practice this week preparing to play. So presumably you're getting those two guys back. I'm more interested in the offensive line. Is Jalen Cunningham going to have to play every snap? Because with all due respect to the young man, uh, he was playing defensive line two weeks ago. Um, that's going to be tough if that's the case. Is is Rhodes healthy? Is uh, um, Oh, gosh, his name's escaping me. I feel like such an idiot. Um, Caleb Warren, jeez. Uh, is, is he healthy? Is he going to play? If not, that's that's tough. If Jalen Cunningham's going to have to play every snap, that's that's tough. Colby says, Matt, will put it all on the line like at Tennessee. What I'm curious about is if his, he's got a bum ankle, right? Clearly. He's hobbling around in the Liberty game. Why isn't it wrapped? Why isn't it wrapped or anything? I don't understand it. Maybe they've found that, like, I don't know, he... He hates it, or I don't understand it, but that's what he does. I mean, he had a really good quote after the Liberty game where he was asked about playing, you know, on that hurt angle. And he, I'm paraphrasing, was basically like, you know, I'm hurt. Everybody's hurt. I'm going to play hurt because I'm, I can. I can still play. I'm not injured. I need to show the guys that I will put everything on the line for them. You know, typical quarterback stuff, but a really good quote from him. Um, he's like, hey, I, I can play. I'm hurt. It hurts bad, but I can play. So I'm going to like no other option. I'm, it it was a really good quote. I would encourage you to, to, to go see it. If you haven't already, that was a very bad paraphrase of what he said, but it was good stuff. Garrett says Mingo in the last few seconds of uh, the season from the Liberty episode, Mingo said, see you soon. You feel me with a big smile on his face. Hope that means this game. If ready, there is, and it's just all, you know, rumor, innuendo, whatever. There are people that think he's going to try. Will he? I don't know. But this was a game that they pointed to when the injury happened that he could be back for. So if he was on track, 
I don't. I mean, who knows how effective he'll be in his first game action back in a while, but his presence uh, will, will still be a big deal if he can go. But I think even without him, if Sanders and Drummond are effective, I don't expect them to be 100%, but if they are playing the majority of the snaps and they're effective, then they can have uh, great success on offense. Mingo's just icing on that cake, if you will. Brown Yates says, people who say injuries don't matter are special. Just look at last year's Clemson versus Notre Dame game. Yeah, see, it, you know you know how some fans are, though, man. I mean, there are people, a lot of them listen to our radio show. There are people that think that if you are talking about injury, there are people that think when you are talking about Ole Miss, you are automatically like this super big homer making excuses, all that, and vice versa. Same thing applies for state. Like if you are talking about the state game and you say, I disagreed with that holding call. Oh, you're just blaming the refs. You're making excuses. They lost because of this, this, and this. Yeah, I I agree with that as well. But that was certainly a factor. Uh, People do that. It's kind of exhausting. But, I mean, we were just saying what I said here. It's hard to tell what you really think about this game because you don't know who's going to play. And if Drummond and Sanders are not going to play, it makes their chances of winning very, very, very slim. But if they are going to play, you feel like they've got a pretty good shot at winning. Those are big-time impactful wide receivers. Dontario Drummond especially will be in the NFL next season. Like He is a big-time player that absolutely impacts the outcome of a game. And if he's not going to play, it changes the outcome of a game. And like, how dare you guys say that because you're making excuses or whatever. That's not what you're doing. You're just being honest. It's, it's exhausting, but you guys know how people are. It's what they do. So, yeah, Ole Miss, how healthy are they is the X factor in this game. Um, they have to protect Corral because I think that's that's how they're going to win this game. They're going to win this game by him throwing the football. That's how they're going to win this game. I do not expect them to have great success on the ground. And you cannot let Texas A&M stay on schedule. Run defense has to be good for Ole Miss in this game. Uh, Chance Campbell, Mark Robinson, uh, Jacob Springer, Otis Reese, those guys have to be big in this game, or else it's going to be possibly a long night. We'll see about Zach Calzada's health as well. I mean, remember, he dislocated his non-throwing shoulder last week. Uh, There's no way that thing is perfectly healed and ready to go and perfectly comfortable. Luckily for him and for A&M fans, if you guys are listening, uh, which none of them are, it's his non-throwing shoulder. That helps, but still. I mean, if he takes a hit or two, who knows what that thing's going to feel like because he dislocated it last week. And if you guys watched that game, you saw, I mean, what what he was in pain. Like, that was not – he slapped a trainer's hand away when they were trying to, to get it back in place. It was a gutsy performance from him. Like, he's tough as hell. He's really tough. Uh, to, to dislocate your shoulder and come back and play, that, that takes some some guts, you know? But there's no way that thing is just perfectly all good to go. And if he takes a hit or two, he's going to feel just fine. No way. So we'll see uh, how healthy he is and and all that. But big game. Big game in Auburn. Big game in in Oxford as well. I can't wait to watch with you guys and uh, be back here with you on Sunday morning to to recap it. Hopefully Team USA pulls out a good win tonight. We need them to. 
and I'll be back with you guys on Sunday. Enjoy your football. Beautiful weather. I mean, just it's going to be cold, but sun's going to be out. So and try to enjoy it the best you can. Uh, for you Ole Miss fans, enjoy game day in the Grove. It's, a, it's exciting uh, to have it for sure. Uh, enjoy that. And uh, I'll be back with you guys on Sunday recapping a win over Mexico. And uh, and also football. One more. One more comment. Morgan says, it might seem a little excessive, but I firmly believe that if Ole Miss had all three receivers healthy, they would only lose to Alabama this year. It's not excessive. It's not excessive at all. Um, I mean, hell, their only other loss is Auburn. And your Ole Miss's defense held Auburn to three second half points. You're telling me if, and with all due respect to Jacor Pearson, like he he's he can be effective, but he's not a primary receiver, not in the SEC. Um, if you had those three guys in that game, it's fair to say that you win. They couldn't move the football. Their red zone offense was awful that night, in part because they didn't have these big-bodied receivers that get open to throw the football to. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. It's absolutely fair to say. So, anyway, y'all be good. Thanks so much for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, Put the notifications on 8 a.m. Sunday. 8 a.m. sharp Sunday is when I'll be live with you to, uh, to recap the weekend. See you guys then. Enjoy yourself. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.